There we are. Welcome back, everyone, to Rules of the Arena podcast, episode number 50. We are coming to you from northern Wisconsin from my new mobile studio. I'm still learning the ropes here on the new gear, so this cut me some slack for a couple episodes while I get used to the new setup. This week, I'm sitting down with returning guest Mike Condon. Mike, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Gordon. Happy to be here. Glad to have you. Thanks for making the trip up here. I know a little bit of a hike for you. Yeah, but, uh, you know, with the pandemic going on and being (laughs) bored as shit at home most of the time, I was more than happy to make the trek. So thank you, Gordon. So I wanted to have you come up here because you started a new business, new company. You're you're a full circle laser. I did. Yep. So how did that come about? So walk me through the I had been to college previously and I thought I wanted to be an athletic trainer and I went to college uh, Stevens Point and River Falls and realized that I didn't want to keep going the university route so after a few years out of school I thought you know I do want to go and get some like applicable skills that I could apply and for sure make money from so I went to Century College for uh this little associate's degree called uh, Additive and Digital Manufacturing. And in that... Which is what in layman's terms? Okay, so you just think additive, you're like building things through computers, like digital manufacturing. Is that when you, you did that project I saw you built like a, a bear or a tray or something? So you learn the... In the introductory classes for the associate's degree, in layman terms, as you asked, it would be like 3D printing mm-hmm. or um, building things in CAD programs or computer-aided design, like SolidWorks, where you can build three-dimensional, like you can build whole machines right in SolidWorks and then use different machines like 3D printers or lathes or plasma cutters or whatever you're going to do, and then you can build it together right there. So in doing that, in some of those classes, uh, I took this class called How to Make Almost Anything, and that included the use of uh, learning how to program epilogue lasers. So it's like a regular CO2 laser. And I thought, oh man, this stuff's super fun. I can do it really fast. I can uh, etch, or, or the term for a laser is called rastering. You can raster all these designs on all sorts of different types of materials. And it's relatively cheap. So I ended up buying a laser because I thought, oh, I can start my own business. And that's what I did. That's pretty much as straightforward <laughs> as it goes. I went to two semesters of school at Century College. I'm like, I could totally have a business off of this. So I bought a freaking laser. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly as it went. Yeah. So what do you think of Century? So I went there for a short period as well. Um, I really like Century. Okay. I did. Um, you kind of got the whole gamut of different people, like older people, younger people, for sure. Um And I was really impressed with a lot of the teachers that I had, you know, just because you're not a university doesn't mean education is not going to be good. And I paid what, like an eighth of what I'd pay at a university. (laughs) So I was really impressed with it. Yeah. I had one teacher in particular, probably my, uh, Dr. Manuel though. He's an English department. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever had him. Mm -hmm. He was, he was awesome. Toughest grader I ever had though. Mm -hmm. Like I bust my ass off and he he turned to my paper early. He goes, you can start turning in two weeks early and see where you're at. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I got an A. C. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God I turned this in early. Right, right. But overall, yeah, I didn't have the... I went there to just get generals done. Uh And 
came out with 46 credits of electives because oh. nothing transferred. So a little, oh, uh, a wow. Bitter taste in the mouth after So you that. didn't have a plan for what school you're going to next? I did. I, I said I'm going to River Falls, and there's like, oh, yeah, here's all the classes that transfer as generals. Like, sweet. River right. Falls said that. Yeah, no, Century said River Falls. Oh, yeah. and then I get to, to the source. Yeah, then I went to River Falls, and like, yeah, we haven't really worked with them in 10 years. I'm like, oh. oh. Well, yeah, of course awesome. Century would say that. They're like, oh, yeah, spend all your money here. It'll be fine. Right. Do it. So, but the laser, so walk yeah. me through, how did you, like, I imagine you get a little bit of background research just from the classes? For, for with the lasers, did you have an idea of what you wanted to get or what brand? Yeah, I so say? when I said epilogue laser and describing what I was using in that class, how to make almost anything, uh, my uncle, John Klinkner, actually is the Midwestern rep for epilogue. So epilogue is a company out of Colorado. So it's an American-made laser, and he's literally a rep that sells <laughs> them. And I knew this my whole life, and it didn't click until halfway through the semester taking that. Right. I'm like, wait, I could get a deal on one of these things. Holy crap. So I ended up calling him probably after the second semester, just thinking, you know what? I really want to do this. Like, what what can you do for me? And he found one that had been lightly used, like maybe like 100 hours on it or something. So he ended up giving me like a about a $1,500 discount, I'd say. And the whole thing with... The different attachments and gadgets that come with it, it was like $15,000. So yeah, it wasn't exactly cheap, and I'm still paying for right. it. But my main goal for it was, you know, I'm tired of working for someone else all the time. Like, you got to put... You got to put your balls on the chopping block. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to get anywhere, you got to take a risk somewhere. So I figured, okay, if I can at least have this laser pay for its own payment each month for a year, that'll be a huge success. And I did that as of November. So about a month ago. Yeah, a month ago. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, And now... I have my own website, fullcirclelaserengraving.com. And uh, what I really enjoy doing is customized, like fully customized ideas. Um, what's been keeping me afloat is I do uh, fully customizable uh coffee tumblers that have the powder coating on them. So people will say, I want to give this to someone. Can you make this design happen? They'll give me an idea. I'll make a proof. I'll send it to them. And if they like it, bam, I make it. And I make people cry all the time because they <laughs> like it so much. So holiday season, I made people cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so with the with the um, uh, powder coat, yeah. it just engraves into the powder coat. It's not actually doing any structural damage. Yep. It's months. just strictly removing that powder coat and then using some degreaser and a magic eraser, the residue that's left behind after you uh, run it through the laser, that comes off and it's an immaculate engraving. It's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. But one of my favorite things that I've done is uh, the whole, like a little spiel for full circle laser is it's engraving, branding, and custom creations. So people will come to me and say, I want to make this gift with my late mother or father's handwriting that's passed away or like some, you know, like an old note card banana bread recipe or something <laughs> like that, you know? And they want to cherish that forever. So I would, I would able, be able to take a really high quality photo, take everything else away and just have the text. And I'll put that on like a cutting board or I'll put it on a cup or anything that they want. And it's there forever. And people love it. That's what I love doing because people really enjoy it. So are you just doing single item orders or are you trying to branch out and find... Hey, I own this gym and I want to 
put a line of coffee mugs or, mm-hmm. or you know, shaker bottles up in my mm-hmm. for sale in my shop, can they go and work with you on that? Absolutely. That's eventually what I, well, not just eventually, but right now I am working on getting more business to business sales, which would be repeated. So uh, it's engraving, branding, and custom creation. So with branding for a company, you want people to see your logo everywhere as much as they can just to get your name out there, right? You need the exposure. That's why 90% of my closet has Rules of the Arena logos on Exactly, <laughs> you know, and that's how people hear about it. And I still wear the shirts that you gave me all, what was that, three years ago? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. I love those shirts, man. They're comfy. <laughs> yeah, I get the new ones. The new ones are much better. Okay, I'll take some. <laughs> But yeah, um, one one company that I've been doing repeat business for, because ultimately that's going to be the bread and butter, having repeat business every month or every week or anything like that. Um, this one guy I went to high school with, his name's Brian Caffin. He's starting a company called Caffin Industries, so he just bought a bunch of tumblers. Uh, ironically <laughs> enough, there's this uh, tobacco shop in <laughs> Oak Park Heights that has me uh, engrave tobacco dugout for him. <laughs> so that's been going well. And mainly though, people just keep seeing the awesome tumblers and they want their own custom stuff. So uh, another friend of mine, Sarah Reasoner, she's a really good strong woman. Uh, she's also a firewoman for the St. Paul Fire Department. She just ordered three. So I'm hoping everyone there is going to be right. like, what? He got one. I didn't get one. We need a hundred of them, 500 of them. So yeah, um, definitely trying to increase more like business to business type accounts that'll repeat bring me some revenue can you can people come to you just like hey i want to get some roa tumblers actually i I, we talked years ago about you doing my axe i have oh yeah somewhere around here okay is there you know like uh is there a way to get just a ballpark quote from you or yeah so pretty much dialed it in now you know this is what it's going to be based on if it's something i've done a lot then I'll have an idea. So with all this custom stuff and it's kind of in like the art category of services, it's kind of subjective, you know, and it depends on project to project, but for something like tumblers, I'm gonna know exactly what it's gonna be. Um, But if you want something completely new that I'm coming up with the design and how to make it work, or if I'm building something like my time to design, it's going to be involved too, you know, not just the runtime and the laser. So it all depends. It all depends. But if you have an idea and you give me a budget and if I say I can make it happen, I will. So as far, I mean, going back to just you starting off, I mean, Mm -hmm. how do you figure out what you want to charge for this? I mean, is there a template out there? Because I mean, well, everybody everybody thinks it's so easy to start up your own business. And no, grass is always greener. Take off as pricing much time as you is want, like the weirdest thing, man. Because yeah. you're you're thinking I don't want to feel like I'm greedy, but then you got you got to make a living too. And you're thinking, oh my god, I haven't even made any money to even pay for the laser this month. <laughs> so it's you got to be fair, and you got to look at what other people are charging. Um, but what's important is that you got to see where you really stand so like what are you doing that's different where where does the value come in so for me since it's just me and people can literally text me or facebook message me back and forth and you're not just going to some big company that's doing big orders that want like hey i want 500 of these one logo design cups you know that's easy you just hit click you buy them and then you get them all but people want like really personal stuff they don't want 50 of them they can just talk to me Mm -hmm. like one-on-one so that that my time 
increases the value, but you also get exactly what you want. Right. Um, but with pricing, you got to have some sort of a way to compare um, to other companies around you. You know, just be reasonable. Just sometimes if something's going to be a little more difficult and you know it, it's going to take more work and the customer knows it, then they don't mind pitching in a couple bucks, you know? As long as everyone's happy. Customer's always right, you know? <laughs> sure. Hmm. Always right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my 30 years of experience. Oh, no, 20, you know, it would be 20 years of experience in customer service and retail now. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that statement. I don't know. You know, I've, I've been a bartender for about five <laughs> or like three years or whatever, and it's kind of... Come on, man. Just make this one really strong. I've never had a bar... <laughs> <laughs> Never had a customer say steer me the wrong way ever. Um, so if <laughs> if I wanted to start up my own engraving business tomorrow, yeah. do you recommend going the route that you did with going getting that associates? I, I actually didn't or, finish the associates. I, okay. I only got um, two, semesters. two semesters done, and I felt like I had enough base knowledge to get started. So um, I really like that the eighty twenty rule. You heard about that? It's pretty much if you're going to do anything, if you feel like you have to have one hundred percent knowledge of what's going to happen, you're almost never going to start right. because how can you possibly know? <laughs> if you feel like you're eighty percent there, we're like. Okay, I know how to make things, and I know I can get better at it for sure, but it's good enough to get started. I mean, if I was going to wait to start right now, and I, man, I would have sucked. I'm, I'm a full year in. I've made a full year of payments on this thing, and if it's another good year, like I could be really making some money in maybe like two, three years. And for now, it was just, originally it was just something fun to start. That's what I wanted to start it for, not to like roll in the Benjamins yet. Now, there are a lot of hobbies out there, and a lot of them don't cost fifteen grand just to start, though. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. But I saw the potential of what it could be. Like it's just me. So I mean, let's say I get a couple businesses that want five hundred dollars of stuff from me every month. Okay, and then I got ten of them, so it's five grand coming in a month. And if it's the same stuff, it's not going to take that much time. And then, man, lo and behold, I get more than that. Okay, let's say I'm making ten thousand dollars a month, and I don't want to do this anymore. So I hire some some. 18 year old kid to sit there and like put tumblers and hit go <laughs> on the machine and I don't want to do it I'll pay him whatever and then I'll make a lot of money right just because it, you got to start it you have to freaking take the first step if you want to get anywhere you know but there's some you know that's that's a ballsy thing I thought it was pretty ballsy for me to do I didn't have that money but I had enough to make the down payment and it's like I have to pay this and my truck and rent <laughs> and XL Energy and everything else. And try to eat food. And try to eat food. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was risky, but uh, and it's still risky, you know? Shit can go down and maybe you don't get any business and you're losing money on it. But I like the challenge and I like knowing that I'm working on something that I built. You know, it's mine. Full circle laser is my continence. Mm-hmm. I like it. What's the maintenance like on a machine? It's hardly anything at all. I mean, basic cleaning. Um, what did so you say? Is you, what's your upkeep cost like for a full year? For maintenance? Jeez, I mean, hardly anything. It, so it, when you're burning something on the work table, right, uh, there's all those caustic vapors and stuff, right? So there's a vent that's 
sucking it out and then blowing it outside. So the one thing that I'd say I should do maybe once every six months or so, depending on how much I'm running it, is I should take off that exhaust pipe and clean it out because just like a chimney, you know, um, they can go up and smoke real mm-hmm. fast. So what's that, what's that, what's that called? The, you know what I'm saying? The ash buildup. Yeah. Uh, Clear, so, creosote, creosote, creosote. creosote. Yeah. I think think that's the right creosote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd imagine there's some sort of a hazard like that, and having it in my apartment, I probably want to clean it out so I don't <laughs> blow it up or something. <laughs> but in terms of in the laser itself, uh, the vacuum it has sucking everything out keeps it pretty dang clean. You just got to clean up the table itself, and that's not very hard. It's not bad. And as far as the lasers go, you know, 15 grand, that could be daunting. You know, I started a podcast because I met Casey and he had a full studio already set up there. So my overhead was like nothing. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky you. Aside from having to buy Casey a few cords that I accidentally broke yeah. recording. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Are there cheaper models out there that there where you can are. still put a decent quality product out? Well, Glowforge is the big one out there. And I haven't looked exactly at how expensive they are or not. But there's a lot more capabilities with the Apple log laser that I have that you don't get out of the lower end ones. And also you can buy something that's probably maybe twice as powerful as what I got at home from China. And then if it breaks, you're screwed. Right. There's no maintenance. You can't call China or anything. Like <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're going to call China and get help. <laughs> um, but I wanted to get an American made product, support my uncle as well. Know I could call him for anything I needed for, Hey, this is going on. How do I work or how do I make this happen in uh, my software? How do I do this thing for whatever the project is? I needed that customer service for myself. And I think paying that much for it for an American made product is really good. Have you gone down the YouTube rabbit hole for, you know, that's how I'm learning how to run my software. YouTube University? Yeah. Oh, of course. I've graduated, <laughs> haven't you? Took me about an hour to get through a 10 minute video on, oh shit, how do I go back and save that clip again? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, I've done a lot of stuff just to look up. Um, so CorelDRAW is the software that I use. And it's relatively inexpensive in terms of how expensive software can get. I think it was about... 600 bucks or something like that. Just a one-time buy. Just a one-time buy and you own it. You don't have to do a monthly thing. Um, And it's pretty powerful. Um, So I've had fun learning how to edit those things and make different things happen. And it, it... not again like the whole 80 20 rule not having it all together is kind of exciting because you're learning as you go and if people say i want to be able to do this and you've never done it before figuring it out is part of why i'm enjoying it too it's something i'm not getting bored with so that's been a huge plus but yeah youtube for anything all the time i mean <laughs> that's what everyone does right like, i don't know how to do this youtube and then some like 15 year old kid that shouldn't know it is like expert on it you know <laughs> so once i have i have my software and i have my laser set up of course now i gotta start making products yeah i mean did you start off with coffee mugs or did you find something else that's maybe a little bit easier to work with um well i wanted to get pretty low expense items that I could sell for a pretty good amount. So, uh, I mean, glassware isn't super expensive, but you can get good quality stuff relatively cheap and then charge a good amount. Like you can actually make a profit on it. So I was trying to go to bars and restaurants right away and be like, hey, do you want 50 pint glasses with your logo on it? And then... 
I mean, it really didn't get too much traction doing that because COVID was coming around. So it's kind of like, well, now you can't go out and market yourself. <laughs> right. So just the story of every other person on earth. I had these plans and they got ruined. Um, but part of the reason with, with that and why that didn't work either was um, a lot of times bars, you know, they already get free glassware from breweries with their own logo on it to support what you're buying and selling anyway. So I was kind of having a hard time with that. I think I needed to find a different niche. Um, coasters were something that I tried, but I didn't have enough confidence to go out and sell yet. That's another thing that's kind of hard to get over when you start. You got to believe 100% like, yeah, this is a good thing. Right. <laughs> but you're like, oh man, I need, to, I need to charge enough to make money and I can't just like give it away. You know, that's the hardest thing for me. I like making people happy, but I got to remember that it's a business and I got to be paid for my time. Right. Like my skill and my equipment and everything is valuable and you need to charge the value of it. Right. When I started my painting business, it was December, January, February. I'm literally going knocking on doors like, hey, your house looks like shit. You should have a painted this. By, by the way, I'm a painter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people are looking at me like, well, who the hell is this guy? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> As far as I know, I've seen you on Facebook and Instagram Mm -hmm. and TikTok videos now, too. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing a lot of traction from social media translating into getting work? I so that uh, the website that I told you I started the Mm -hmm. full circle laser engraving dot com. I haven't had a single sale from it yet. (laughs) Not like I haven't had anyone besides a friend that I told to buy it through there just so I could say it works. Cause you know, I, I paid like six or $700 to have that made and I was mm-hmm. working with the creator and stuff. And I'm just thinking, Oh man, this is gonna be great. It's gonna be so easy to bottleneck all these people interested so I can stop having to talk to people so much, you know, cause when you're investing time to just talk to someone over like a $25 item thinking, okay, how much is this really worth to me? I, and it's not that I don't care, but if you doing that 10 times and you're spending like three days and you're only making $250 before you take out the cost of materials. It's like, man, that's a really expensive (laughs) thing if you're not even paying myself. So I've been seeing more from the social medias, like not my website. So Facebook, Facebook's probably been the biggest one. Um, Instagram, I've gotten some pretty good direct messages asking for things. And people are starting to know that I'm the guy that makes coffee tumblers custom. And Mm -hmm. that's really cool. And if that's all I ever make and I end up making money, that's fine because people like it and I enjoy doing it. Um, But I wish I had a million subscribers on Instagram. How easy, man, if I... How, if you how do people 1% like percent of them to buy one percent? Yeah, like if you have that much of a following, if you have half a percent of a million, oh my god, that is so much money <laughs> if you're selling something worthwhile. So all these people like, like okay, so I like lifting, right? So. I've followed Larry Wheels to anyone that doesn't know Larry Wheels. He's a 40 year old, 23. Yeah. (laughs) He's a very successful bodybuilder and power lifter. And he tried strongman, and he just exploded on the internet. And then he got all this publicity and notoriety. And then he started his own company called the PR company. And he's got to be raking in so (laughs) much money. And he lifts, you know, he lifts and he promotes himself through YouTube and he's just doing the whole streaming thing. So I wish I had a following like that. (laughs) 
I think I got to figure out how to do it better than what I'm doing now. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand it. I talk to Casey and get the numbers about every quarter on how many people are listening to the podcast. I'm like, holy shit, that there's people actually hearing this. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of traction in Russia for some reason. What? Yeah, like I think it was 15 percent of my listeners are from Russia, six percent are from Australia, and the rest are all United States based. Hmm. But I've been hearing more and more about the uh, uh, language immersion podcasts. Yeah, and so people start off like. ABCs and then working into here's your words and then they start listening to English or whatever language you're listening trying to learn yeah conversational podcasts you uh-huh. can get the rhythm of it all and so that's that's what I'm guessing I don't know that or it's the internet research agency they're just trying to bug me and see if they can catch any info on the the politics going on here oh <laughs> Putin yeah no, your ears not loud man Putin's got my picture yeah. on the wall <laughs> yeah whoa <laughs> <laughs> but it, going back to your marketing, you're looking for that niche. I saw, I thought it was you or somebody threw an ad at me uh, for like, uh, groomsmen gifts and bridal gifts, stuff like that. Have oh you, yeah. Have you tried working with wedding venues or anything like that? I have. There's uh, that's one of the businesses. Uh, I can't remember what the name is. Shoot, but this this woman, her name is Jody, out of the cities, the Twin Cities. She does all these custom weddings, and I'm kind of saying like from top to bottom, she gets everything planned. Pretty much, she gets a budget, and then deals with the bridezilla and makes everything happen. <laughs> and she um, connected with me through my uh, my sister and brother in law because they have a, a it's called the the Cedary. So they have all these wedding shivari chairs where people pay a lot of money to have these nice wood chairs brought wherever they want. They'll go bring the chairs, set them up, tear them down, take them home, and they just pay them. So it's pretty straightforward. So um, they. My, my sister and brother-in-law, they were connected with this wedding planner who said, hey, you know, my, uh, my brother or whatever does all this laser stuff. And she had already done a lot of Glowforge work, so she has her own thing. Um, and she just said, hey, I hate doing this. Do you want to take over all of it? <laughs> I said, yes, this is exactly what I'm here for. Um, so once the world hopefully somehow gets some normalcy back, I'm going to be doing a lot of work for her. So whatever kind of laser stuff she has, I'm going to be doing it with her. So I am connected with weddings. What's your turnaround time then at that point? Uh, it all depends on if I have something in stock. If I have it in stock and I'm at home and I know what the plan is, I can just do it, you know? It's pretty quick. Um, for simple designs, I mean, it doesn't cost me very, or it doesn't take a lot of time for me to put a design together if it's straightforward or I can find the clip art on Google Images, you know what I mean? If someone knows what they want, I could get a, a double-sided tumbler engraved in like 15 minutes. It's not that hard. Of course, and then you get 500 of them. Then it takes a long time. <laughs> then, you know, it's like days worth of work at that point. Yeah. What's the biggest items that you're able to do in your machine? So the dimensions of the workspace for the bed table or the table is 12 by 24 inches. But what's cool about my machine is it actually has a Z axis so I can lower the table to a seven inch depth. So um, a lot of lasers out there are just like a straight flat table. So I can do a lot more than other people can. And I also have it's the rotary unit. So it's basically two wheels that sync up with the lasers program, and that's how, when those tumblers are rotating, that it makes a design. Yeah. 
So I'm just thinking because certain somebody I know that used to be a co-host, Ben, mm. calling you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With his, his uh, he does a lot of uh, charcuterie boards and serving boards and stuff like that. Oh. Kind of, and I have I got one last year and I was thinking about getting one with the Rules of the Arena logo. Oh, that would be really cool. I could do that. So, yeah. I'll hook you up. Because shameless self-promotion. Mm-hmm. Key, to, key to owning a business. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, the best marketing I've had is just I won't shut up about it. And right. I always have business cards on me. And, you know, if you can get people to like you, a lot of times that's... Someone told me this one time. It's like people either love you, they love your product, or both. And that's the only reason people buy from you. So if you have really good customer relations and customer service, and you're a little more expensive, but they enjoy you, you're more than likely to get their business, especially if you and continue helping them that out. That much more likely to go tell their friends and family. Oh yeah. It's all, it's all still a relationship business. Like everything is, you know, and then there's freaking Amazon. That's like the rule that <laughs> breaks everything. Like, Oh, it's cheap. And I just can eat Cheetos and hit buy now. And it's over. Right. <laughs> and they certainly yeah. knocked out of the park capitalizing on the pandemic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. But so with the laser engraving, I mean, any big plans coming down the pipeline for what you want to do? I mean, have you thought about three or five year plan to open a storefront? No, I don't think I want to do that. I had had a whole bunch of different weird ideas where at one point I was thinking if I had uh, a truck and I had uh, like a commercial grade um, trailer. I could tow around I could do like a traveling sales thing where I'd be a vendor I'd go to different events and like if I go to Venice Beach or something I have this cool tumbler thing and I could have you have your name on it be like yeah it's 50 bucks sure sounds great you know and just do like 500 of them in a day that'd be freaking sweet um, how but, finicky is a machine because I, I know people that do 3d printing and if that trays off just slightly your whole print is screwed well yeah 3d printing is a very 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 slow process um laser engraving is not slow if it's not a huge design but the machine if you put in a trailer bounce around it's not gonna oh i mean i'd probably you know cushion it pretty well but it's it's pretty resilient you wouldn't want to drop it but i mean you don't want to drop a laptop either so as long as you're smart about it um it could happen it could work pretty well honestly um, but what I want to do is I ultimately want to just have a bunch of accounts, like business accounts that want repeatable things done. And I just keep making the same stuff. And then ultimately, if what I'm working, maybe 40 hours a month because I just know what to do and I'm making enough to live and I feel great. That'd be awesome. Then I can live my life and do what I want and then do 40 hours a month of freaking lasering. That'd be sweet. And it's simple. It's straightforward. It just grant me the freedom to not have to work for anyone else. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, what is the American dream? Right. It's different for anybody. I want to not work for anyone else and do what I want. <laughs> for folks that are listening out there, what's the best way to get in touch with you? How can they find you? Uh, well, you can look me up on Instagram, just Michael underscore Congdon, or uh, message me on Facebook, Mike Congdon. Um, but then my website is fullcirclelaserengraving.com. 
most of the time people have questions about, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? Please just message me and I will get back to you as soon as I can. And hopefully we can get whatever you have planned started for you. Awesome. I don't. I want to beat the horse too much on on the the engraving bit. Of course, people can look on YouTube, mm-hmm. get in contact with you. But wanted to pick your brain because you're recently out of a short retirement from strongman. Oh yeah, and just competed. What the was it the week before Christmas? It was yeah. It was the weekend before Christmas. It was my two year breaking the rust off contest. I hadn't competed <laughs> in just just about two years, and I'd probably taken a solid year maybe like 18 months out of that two years where I pretty much didn't do anything but fish (laughs) and I was just burnt out because I did the world's strongest logger competition and that was against people that were internationally renowned and had been the world's strongest man I only weighed 250 pounds and it was 10 events over two days for like world and international level competition (laughs) I, I made a post about like the last event I seriously I was so beat down, it hurt my bones to stand. <laughs> I, I can't even describe it. My femurs were like aching <laughs> from how much weight I just destroyed myself with. What were the events that you were doing? Oh my God. So day one was all stones. It was a stone, uh, like the stones of strength competition was day day one. So it was five events. And the second day was world's strongest logger. But the whole contest was world's strongest logger because um, we compiled the first day one and day two events for that. Um, so day one was all stones. It was a uh, 265-pound natural stone clean and press for reps in two minutes. And being the second smallest guy, I got five reps and I beat everyone. That was one of the <laughs> coolest. That was probably the, my greatest athletic achievement of my life. Um, I, I, and I thought this, and I'm sure other people listening think, 265, that sounds so bad. I can press that. But a natural stone. Yeah. That sucks. For reps. <laughs> Trying to get a grip on it alone. Yeah. And no handles unbalanced and it was what almost 15 20 pounds heavier than my own body weight (laughs) just keep that in mind so that was pretty cool so uh stone stone cleaning press uh the stone put so it was about a i think it was like a 40 pound stone that you get three meters to gallop or jump or whatever and you throw it with one arm or however you want for distance um Replica Dinny Stone Farmer's Walk. No. <laughs> Dude, to this day, <laughs> I mean, I had a hook grip because I just didn't have the grip strength. And that was truthfully one of the most excruciatingly painful things for me. I mean, it just did not feel good in my hands. And I got the course was. 50 feet and I got like 49.5 <laughs> it was awful um, and then there was a 400 405 pound Husafel stone that was shaped like it was kind of shaped like a, a column almost it wasn't like big and broad it was more cylindrical so it sunk right into your diaphragm and we picked it up off a tire um, and I took second in that event which I was super proud of I took I think it was a hundred 70 feet or so that I took it. And what was the last one? Oh, stone to shoulder. We had a 305 pound stone, a 350 stone, and a four, and then the same Hoosfell stone, 405 pounds. That was, those were the options we had. 
And I think... Was that just for reps or do you have to go through each one? No, it was, it was a, the Trump setup. So it was like 305 for as many reps as you could. But if you did one rep with 350, that would beat anything with the 305. Same thing with the 405. Beat anything below that. Uh, I think that was the whole... Who's Fellstone? Stone Put, Stone Press, Farmers, and there's Stoner Shoulder. Yeah, that was day one. That was day one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The next day, <laughs> next day after we're like trying to grease out our cracks and our spines are snapping all over, <laughs> we're like, hey, let's press some 360 to 315 pound logs. So you had a choice between the two. That was the first event for max reps in 75 seconds or something. Then there was a arm over arm uh, semi truck pole that was full of giant timbers. <laughs> And there was this little, like, inch and a half lull or, like, little divot in the road that no one could get past. And they were saying that the whole truck was, like, 50,000 pounds. Jesus. So everyone was within inches of each other because we couldn't get it past that. Um, Tire would just get stuck in there. Yep, yep. And it was not going anywhere. Then, oh, God, this next event, dude. This next event. So they took, again, trees, like, cut down trees. And cut them where they made farmer's handles out of them. They were about 10 feet long. And the handles were mega low. It's 340 pounds per hand. And the bark was just ragged. It's making your legs ragged. People were bleeding and stuff. So you had to go 50 feet with that, drop it, flip a bald 1,000-pound tire three times, and then carry a 300-pound log on your shoulder 50 feet. Only one person finished it, Josh Thigpen, who had made it to the finals at World Strongest Man before. So we all were like, all hail Josh. (laughs) (laughs) What were the last... And then the last two events were the Fingles Fingers that went up to 420 pounds. That was my worst event. That was super hard. And then the last event was Atlas Stones that went up to, it's like a 70-inch height on, uh, again, they cut trees down and they made those the plinths that you loaded to. So the first stone was a foot and a half over my head. It was 270 pounds. And I hurt so bad and I couldn't get the, the, th- the next stone was only 300 pounds and I couldn't get it to the the height that was just over my head. <laughs> so I'm still disappointed about that last Atlas Stones performance. But that was, that was the whole contest and I was so wrecked after that. I was just... I ran out of the passion. I couldn't handle it anymore. I needed a break. So I took two years off, and then I won last weekend. So I'm back, slowly, but I'm back. More plans to compete going into 2021? Yeah, so um, pretty popular name in Strongman, Anthony Furman. Uh, he's putting on arguably the greatest competition for uh, under 105 kilogram athletes ever it's going to be called clash on the coast and so that's what two under 231 pounds yep under 231 pounds and he's putting up ten thousand dollars of his own money cash for first place and he he invited 10 to 12 of the top uh, 105 kilogram athletes on earth already and he's putting this qualifier together in february for 20 to 25 people to qualify where uh the events are a max axle cleaning press and max reps with a 600 pound deadlift so 
I really want to be a part of this. Like, I can't tell you how much I want to have a chance to compete at the best show ever. Uh, so I'm training for that now. That's that's my main thing I want to qualify for. Then there's also the Winter Assault, which is a United States Strongman Nationals qualifier, and that is in February, I believe. So I'd want to sign up for that, take top three, do what I need to just to qualify, and then put all my focus on getting into that clash of the, on the coast competition for Furman. When is when is the Nationals? Because I know the Minnesota Strongest Man is a qualifier, or at least it was two years ago. You know, I haven't even thought about that. I just know I needed to qualify. And <laughs> Well, the thing is, they have nationals, just since it got uh, canceled last year because of COVID or whatever, they're having it again in the Twin Cities because it never happened. So I really want to have like a hometown nationals. That's why I want to qualify for it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. I need to get back to it. <sighs> Bad. Yeah, just, I miss it. Yeah, I just got to be consistent. Yeah. And not eat McRibs like I did right before <laughs> I started this with you. <laughs> Well, I suppose we are, we are, we're going to go hit the gym now. Yeah. So if folks want to follow your training, can they just find you? Yeah, the all the same, all the same handles, uh, Michael Congdon on Instagram and uh, Mike Congdon on Facebook and come check me out. And if there's any aspiring strongman or even powerlifting athletes out there, any advice? For, well, if you have any questions, just reach out to me, man. After being in the sport for a long time, I love just being able to share whatever knowledge I have because I beat the hell out of my body learning it all. So if I can uh, make someone else have some success and build some self-esteem and enjoy strongman and powerlifting and just lifting heavy weights as much as I do, I love to do so. So, yeah, DM me, guys. And I can attest to it. Uh, well, I worked with you for six months as a coach. Yeah, that went pretty and, well. Yeah, it did. Not bad. And forced myself into a competition despite me not wanting to do it, but I did it and came out third in my division. So yeah. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Not bad for a fucking rookie that had no idea yeah. what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gordon, do you think you're going to come back to compete anytime? Uh, I had three on the list for 2020, and then COVID happened. Yeah. And one got canceled outright. And then the one out in St. Cloud was still going on. But mm. at that point, Washburn County still had zero cases. Mm. And I didn't want to be the guy to uh, bring it back. I'm like, yeah, not going to risk it. And then some some other stuff, some family members were having health issues and kind of helping out with that. It's like, I don't want to yeah. risk getting them in any worse shape than their ADR. Yep. So 2021, we'll just, I'm shooting for June. June? Yeah. You should do the February one. Yeah. Come on. Do it. You underestimate how much I've lost. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. The, well, the p- big thing for me is that I want to cut weight down. Yeah. And compete in a lower weight class. All right. But that means I need to stop drinking so much beer and eating <laughs> shitty food while at, at work. <laughs> just, just moderation, man. Right. Just moderation. Have a beer, not 12. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> my problem, too. Is that even allowed in Wisconsin? <laughs> I don't know. If you didn't have, like, a case of beer to even drink. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again, Mike, for coming on the show and making the drive up here. And thank you all for listening to the show. Without you, the show would not be possible. If you have any questions or have uh, concerns, comments, would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me. You can shoot an email at gordon at blindinjustudios.com. If you'd like to help out, first of all, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review and make sure you drop a comment on there. It really helps out. Secondly, tell your friends, family, coworkers about the show. Convince them.
comments and check it out. And lastly, if you'd like to help bring out new episodes and force me to have the lights down on at at Blind Ninja Studios Studio B, you can head over to patreon.com slash rules of the arena podcast. I have a tip jar set up there, just one dollar a month. You can also click the link in the episode notes and check out the new merch store. The Action Hammer collection is available now for a limited time. Keep in touch with new episodes and guests by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, both at Rules of the Arena Podcast. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitch where you can tune into the show live and join our conversations. Just head over to twitch.tv slash rules of the arena. And don't worry if you miss the live stream, you can still check out the video broadcast on YouTube. Just search Rules of the Arena Podcast. If you'd like to get a hold of me, Last note of business, <laughs> don't forget to check out my other show, No Stray Left Behind. You can find it on its own feed wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and you can follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at No Story Left Behind Podcast. Thanks again, folks, and we will catch you next time.